the door greeter. It's none of their business where I've been, what I've done, what my temperature is. My temperature is private health information. And you guys are thinking to yourself, it's not that big of a deal if you're healthy, then just let them know. No, it is a big deal. Your temperature, how often you've been sick, if you've been sick, if you have pre-existing conditions, all of that stuff is private information. Hello and welcome to The Joe Mobley Show. I'm your host, Joe Mobley, and you're listening to the only place in cyberspace where we talk about being conservative. We hit on current events, the politically correct cancel culture, and problems with civil discourse. But most importantly, we discuss what you can do to come out of the conservative closet. The Joe Mobley Show is a new and exciting podcast that airs weekly on Monday mornings. We have a range of controversial topics on deck. Even so, it's important that we hear from you what matters most. Be sure to send questions, comments, and things you'd like to hear discussed to ask at thejoemobleyshow.com. That's ask at thejoemobleyshow.com. To make sure you stay informed on the latest content, be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to great podcasts. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I'm super excited about all of the growth and engagement that I've been getting. Um, Also, I've just been having a ton of fun um, just reaching out to different people. I've had lots of cool experience since launching this whole podcast, and uh, I'm really excited for some interviews that I've got in the shoot. I'm excited for you guys to get to hear them. So today, uh, the show is just me. I've, I've done one of these, and um, I, I did the first one because people said that they wanted to hear, you know, what would a show sound like with just Joe? Um, I, I think in my mind when uh, back last fall when I was thinking, hey, you know, I think I want to start a podcast and kind of talking things over with my wife. Um, yeah, I was, I was looking to do an interview podcast and, uh, you know, model it after the Rubin Report. Excellent, excellent show. If you guys don't listen to that, uh, you're definitely missing out. Um, but yeah, even listening to Dave recently, he's, he's been saying, you know, there are so many podcasts, there are so many people talking about so many things. Um, and what, what we're really interested in is people that are doing stuff, who's doing stuff. Uh, and yeah, that's... You know, that's supposed to be the point of the show. And sometimes I'm just having such a good time uh, during the interview that we we don't really dive into it too deeply. <laughs> you know, but it says in the intro, and actually the intro is going away. I'm changing the intro. Uh, but it says, you know, coming out of the conservative closet. That's the action step, guys. That's That's what we have to do. And it's not even just conservatism. There's a huge difference between a liberal and today's leftist. And, you know, I know a number of, you know, liberals, people that believe in, in liberal policy. Um, I'm related to a bunch. And the, the thing is, you're not leftist. I, I don't think I know anyone who's a true leftist, you know, the way that AOC is, the rest of the squad, um, 
you know, just far left, really kind of crazy. I, I don't use the term lightly, but I actually mean crazy on, on out of one's mind, unable to participate in rational thought. Um, a, a leftist lives in a fantasy land. <laughs> There's my dog barking in the backyard. Yeah, but a leftist lives in a fantasy land where there are no bad people, um, where if left to their own devices, everyone will do what's good and right and just, just out of the kindness of their heart. People won't rob, people won't steal, people won't kill. Um, if, if there's no government, if there's no if there's no inequality out there, then everyone will just be happy and super excited. And unfortunately, guys, that's not the case. That's not reality. We live in the real world. Um, but even for liberals, you know, you guys need to come out of the closet too. Um, conservatives especially, but liberals, you got to come out of the closet and tell some of these far leftists, hey, you know, I, I don't believe in this. I, I believe that what you're saying is a little fringe. I believe what you're saying is wrong, ethically and morally, or, you know, crazy. That's what Representative Spanberger was doing uh, when she said, guys, we cannot use on this on this closed um, call they had with the Democrat Party after the election she said, we cannot use the language socialism, defund the police, get rid of the police. We can't use this language because it's crazy and because it is going to destroy our representation uh, at various levels of government. And she's absolutely right, guys. I'm not too worried um, that there seems to be this huge uh, power monopoly right now with the Democrat Party and the government, I'm not worried at all because people voted. No one voted for Biden, but apparently millions of people voted against Trump to stop Trump. Uh, and really, that put the Democrat Party in a terrible position and a terrible position because if Trump decides not to run, if there is no big, bad orange man there, the, the boogeyman that everyone's called a Nazi and a fascist and all this stuff for all these years, if he's not there, then the Democrat Party has no one to bolster support to get their voters out to the polls. I mean, you could say that the greatest campaign manager the Democrats have ever had was Donald J. Trump. Because millions of people came out to vote specifically against him. And of course, we know it's because of lies. It's because uh, for four years, oh, heck, over four years, even when he was running, uh, CNN said that he was a racist, a bigot, a homophobe, a sexist, um, everything. You know, if there's an ism or ist you can put on the end of a word, then Donald Trump was it, uh, regardless of how he actually lived his life. Um, it's interesting that someone could be a white supremacist uh, and marry a Russian. Um, that's that's an interesting one. But anyway, people all across the board, we've got to start having difficult conversations. 
you know, are, are we really living if we're not, if we're just sitting in, in the comfort of our little make-believe? Uh, in a lot of ways, we're like children hiding under the security blanket. We think if we don't say the thing, it doesn't make it real. But yeah, that's that's just not how real life works, guys. If we sit on our hands, if we bite our tongue, if we don't say anything, then these these issues are still there staring us in the face. Anyway, I've rambled enough. I'm going to jump into uh, the show's topic. So one, the first thing I, I had mentioned um, Dr. Henry Cloud's book, boundaries on the show before. And it's an awesome book. I'm not even done uh, reading the book. I haven't gotten all the way through, <laughs> to be honest. Um, but of, of course, you know, I, I'm a Dave Ramsey guy, so I've, I've heard a lot. Um, uh, I've heard a lot of boundaries, teachings from the years of listening to that show. Uh, but yeah, it's guys, even halfway through the book, it's an excellent book about navigating relationships, um, putting up healthy boundaries. And we're talking about romantic relationships, uh, relationships with friends, colleagues, spouses, um, supervisors at work, people on your team that work for you. Just boundaries in every sense of the word, uh, just defining the limits, defining the expectations, defining what is and is not permissible. And it's something that I think in our culture we don't talk a lot about. Here's the reason why you do want to talk about it. One of the things that's gone on this whole time with this whole the COVID-19 emergency response with work from home, with, with massive education from home, there's been an assault on boundaries. Um, a lot of people aren't talking about it, but even talking around the issue, we, we feel it in our lives. Oftentimes when people work from home, I'm thinking even pre-COVID, when people work from home um, or you know full-time online students, they kind of feel how things start to creep in, uh, that thing that you're doing, how work starts to creep in and encroach uh, on, on the rest of your schedule, on the rest of your life, because there's no physical boundary. Most people, you know, pre-COVID, most people who worked, worked outside the home, got up, uh, you know, showered, exercised, meal, whatever it is that people do, and then they left the home, they went outside of their four walls and into another four walls called work and you did whatever they needed to do, jump back in the car, bus, train, whatever, go back home and there's those clear boundaries. I'm not working at home. I, I go to the place that where my work building is to do work. I leave to go home and be myself, not at work. Oftentimes when people work from home, they start to blur the lines, you know. If you don't have an office at home, some people have put desks in their room. It's a terrible idea, you know. Is this is this my bedroom, a, a sanctuary for myself, or is this a place where work is done? You know, I I feel 
for people that have studio apartments because there really isn't a lot of choice there. Um, but yeah, the lines get extremely blurred between what is personal and private and what is on the table for government authorities, for work authorities. Um, yeah, so what we've seen is the government spent a year blurring the lines between private and public, at least flagrantly blurring the lines. The government spent a lot more time uh, than you know the past 12 months, but it's really easy to look and examine the last 12 months is why I'm saying that. And unfortunately, this whole thing has been done in concert with private corporations, with companies large and small, and also with the education system. It, it's been done in concert. And that is actual, true fascism, a marriage between corporations and the government, where those means and interests align. That's what fascism is. It's not whatever people try to make Donald Trump out to be. That's make-believe fascism. People that toss around these words, they often have no idea what fascism means. People are quick to call you a Nazi, Hitler. Most people can't tell you anything about the life of Hitler. Most people can't tell you anything about the Nazi party about socialist, communism, Lenin, Mao, Stalin, Mussolini. So just toss, toss that stuff aside and look at what's in front of your eyes. The boundaries have been blurred between public and private by our government, by our education apparatus, and by our companies, guys, the companies that we work for. They're demanding more and more control over individuals' lives. Think about this. How crazy is it that people are afraid to break rules that aren't even rules? They aren't written down in company policy. They aren't conditions of employment as outlined in employment contracts. They're just rules that have just cropped up over the last 12 months. Rules like you can't have more than this many people in your house. Uh, you can do these activities. You can't do these activities. Coming from the government, but also coming from private companies, guys, where people work, where you and I work. How crazy is it that people are afraid to break rules and the only way that they could get caught is they actually have to tell on themselves. They have to self-report. If I work at a company that says that I can no longer have gatherings of 10 or more people in my home, guys, it's none of my employer's business what I do in my house. The only way they can find out is for me to essentially tattle on myself, for me to invite over friends, family, loved ones, which I've done, which I will continue to do because it's my freaking house. And I'm not making anyone come over. It's other people that are enjoying their lives. Because the last time I checked, we were all adults. It's insane 
that private companies are telling the adults that work at those private companies what they can and can't do while they're off the clock. Take the blinders off. That is obviously a power grab. There are no laws. There are no policies about this. Companies have morality clauses, sure. If you're, you know, getting things like DUIs or you're committing crimes, breaking and entering or getting into bar fights or whatever, plenty of companies have morality clauses and they should. That's good. And that stuff is clearly stated as a condition of employment. It's in your contract. It's in corporate policy. In many places, it's written in laws. But what the heck has been going on under the auspice of health, of preventing death, of all sorts of things, emergency response, We've given over control of private, personal stuff, not even to government entities, but to random companies or to to schools. Guys, a schoolhouse doesn't have any special training or knowledge or credentials in knowing what's good for you to do at home, not at school. And over the past years, we've seen schools demanding that people take down posters, that people hide toys that are acceptable for that family, for those parents, but not acceptable for school administrators or for woke teachers. Or wokedivist is what they are. They're activists for far-left policies. They're wokedivist. This is insane. It's It's a slippery slope for the government to continue to reach into your home, but it's absolutely nuts for schools, universities, and for private companies, big or small, to reach into your home. Honestly, I don't care what a company's stance is on guns. There are guns in my house, period. So says the United States Constitution. When I was in the military, I didn't care if the military, the military doesn't have any such rule, but I wouldn't have cared if the military said, we don't like for people to own guns privately in their homes. I don't care. When I was in high school, if high schoolers could own guns, you know, I I worked at Chick-fil-A, I worked the odd jobs here and there. Uh, When I was in college, I, I worked for the university for a little while. I wouldn't have cared what their rules were for what they prefer employees to have at their homes. It's my home. And we've got people literally scared to death and they'll do anything because they're afraid. They they have one of these jobs where they actually have work. They have employment during a, a, a pandemic, a crisis. So they're afraid. They're doing things out of fear of forced fraud or coercion. You know what that's called? That's called trafficking. People are being trafficked by these different entities. That's insane holding people's livelihoods over their heads so people are afraid to do stuff in their home because they're afraid that they'll get fired 
for breaking a frivolous rule. Guys, that's not how any of this works. It's not. And along those lines, that that brings me to my second topic, along those lines of things that are just nuts. Do we remember that there used to be a thing called the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act, that HIPAA thing that people have heard about? Now, what a lot of people don't know about HIPAA is HIPAA really is a law that is over top of things that are basically exclusively healthcare related or healthcare aligned. I'm talking hospitals, insurance companies, healthcare providers. Uh, it also covers emergency services, you know, police officers, EMTs, firefighters, people that get into a caregiver, care receiver relationship as a condition of their employment. A doctor, a nurse, a clerk in a medical facility, they get in that caregiver or records keeping for caregiver, care receiver, or patient. They get into those types of relationships, and there are intense laws about keeping that stuff private. Have we forgotten all this? I mean, really. Because now, any random Joe, Sally, whomever can ask, can demand, really, health information from you. Have you been sick in the last such and such a period of time? That's private health information. It's none of your business. When I go to the bank, it's none of the teller's business if I've been sick in the last two, four, six, 12 weeks. It's none of their business if I've traveled out of the country in the last XYZ or gone to population centers or crossed state lines. It's none of their business. When I go to Walmart, the door greeter, it's none of their business where I've been, what I've done, what my temperature is. My temperature is private health information. And you guys are thinking to yourself, it's not that big of a deal. If you're healthy, then just let them know. No, it is a big deal. Your temperature, how often you've been sick, if you've been sick, if you have pre-existing conditions, all of that stuff is private information. And it's for you. Heck, you don't even have to share it with your doctor if you don't want to. If you have something that you're hiding from your doctor, yeah, you pay the price. If they can't get a care plan that works for you because you're withholding information, but you can. You can withhold information from an actual doctor, so you can definitely withhold information from a bag boy or a greeter at a grocery store, a bank teller, uh, a clerk where you drop your children off for a daycare or anything like that. It's none of their business. Do you guys know that there are a whole range of illnesses, a whole range of medications that you can take that affect your body's temperature? A ton. A ton. Antibiotics, medications for arrhythmia, epilepsy, hypertension, Antifungals, ephedrine. Guys, cannabis raises your body temperature. 
And if we know anything from, you know, the way that laws have gone the last five to 10 years, there are a lot of people out there using cannabis, either for medicinal reasons or otherwise. It raises your body temperature. All of those conditions that I listed off, arrhythmia, hypertension, epilepsy, anything that you need antibiotics for, antifungals for, all of that stuff is none of anyone's freaking business. Whether I've had respiratory illness in the past, cardiovascular illness, that's none of the public's business. It goes back to my first point. The lines have been blurred between public and private. And it's outrageous. It's absolutely outrageous. People have no right to this private information of yours. They don't. Let me ask you this. Pre-COVID, two years ago, three years ago, five years ago, if there's a trail, a park, a pathway, river, whatever, something scenic near your house, somewhere where people go to exercise, get fresh air, read books, whatever, if you were there doing your thing, walking, running, if you were there and we were passing each other, and I said, hey, you mind if I take your temperature? What would you have done? You'd, at the least, you'd say, heck no. What? You'd probably think it was a joke. Are you serious? Can you take my temperature? And then I pulled out this, this little temperature laser gun to point at your forehead. And I said, no, 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 I need to take your temperature. Yeah, you'd say absolutely not. You'd probably run away. Some of you would try and knock me out just because of the strangeness of the request. What if I said, actually, I, you know, I, I work for this park. I'm not a park ranger. I'm not law enforcement. I'm not a city employee. I just work for this park. Like where you, where you park the car or whatever and get your little ticket or something. I, I'm that person. I'm, I'm the parking lot attendant. And a part of my job is to walk around the park and take people's temperatures and record it on this. Uh, you know, I got a clipboard and a thermometer, so I'm important. I make $2 over the minimum wage because my employer's progressive and they want to pay a living wage. But also, I need to go around and get everyone's temperature. What would you have done in 2015, 16, 17? If someone approached you with that ridiculous request, do you think this is going away? Do you think in 2025 there won't be any requirements to get your temperature checked anywhere? It'll go back to normal? I don't. I think they're going to keep doing this crap until people say, no, of course you can't take my temperature what if I have an illness that requires any of the drugs that I named and my temperature is elevated normally and my doctor, my actual professional care team knows that because it's actually important to their job or what? 
I need to go around explaining to everyone that actually my temperature is supposed to be about 99.5 or 100 because I have conditions X, Y, and Z and I take medications X, Y, and Z. What, are they going to give us papers for that so we can go around showing our papers like we're actually in fascist regime countries? We need to have vaccine records. We need to go around with shot records. And we need to furnish them on demand from random people going into a movie theater, getting on a plane, dropping off a child in a childcare facility, picking up groceries, walking into the bank. These are just anywhere can request these medical documents from you. Does that not seem insane? Society's already got a huge problem with identity theft. You don't think just having everyone walk around with all this sensitive medical information and proof that this is actually them, which probably means social security numbers or some other type of special identifiers. Guys, there are so many problems, so many problems with these things. It's insane. It's insane. So the question is, what the heck are you going to do about it? Are you going to stay silent? Are you going to keep getting your temperature checked everywhere? Because I can tell you this, if someone tries to check my temperature out in society here, you know, in, in February 2021, they have a bad freaking day unless they leave me alone and go about my way. Of course you can't check my temperature What's next? Blood pressure checks? Maybe there'll be people with stethoscopes everywhere. Flight attendants will have stethoscopes. They'll go around and check your pulse. Hey, that that might be the safe thing to do. That might make everybody safer. This is absurd. I was listening to... uh, to Dave's show the other day, and he was, oh, I forget this woman's name. He was interviewing this woman. It was a wonderful interview. And oh, what is her name? She was highlighting how ridiculous it is that people are saying these platitudes. Governor Cuomo saying this platitude. If my policy saves even one life, then that's a price that I'm willing to pay. Um, no, that's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Apparently, we need some more stringent qualifications for the people in public office. Maybe that's why military leaders for so long have sought political office, because they're not precious, stupid snowflakes. They know that sometimes when they say yes and sometimes when they say no, the life of an 18-year-old warrior might depend on it. And that's a quote from... A military leader. You guys can Google that later. But you need to find, we need to find some better leaders because, of course, not Cuomo. Of course, we don't do anything to save just one life. The way that society runs, the way that this society runs and every other society is we measure risk, we analyze risk, and we put mitigation measures in. But we also 
live our freaking lives. And this this woman on Dave's show was saying, you know, we would eliminate 40,000 deaths if we reduced the speed limit to 20 miles an hour. It might have been 25. But of course we don't do that because we see that as an acceptable risk. Society accepts that 40,000 people a year will die so you can drive 60 miles an hour on the freeway. That is a price that society says that they're willing to pay. And guess what? If you disagree, especially if you're a lefty, you're a huge hypocrite. If you agree that masks are essential to continued life and taking temperatures are essential for society to carry on and for industries to be destroyed, the dining industry to be destroyed, the entertainment industry to be destroyed. Broadway has been destroyed by this. If you think that all of that is a price that we should pay a society, but you're not willing to abolish by power of law speed limits over 20 or 25 miles an hour, then you are a hypocrite. Because every mile an hour higher the speed limit is authorized, is legally allowed, results in thousands of deaths. So let's play the intellectual honesty game. Do we want to live in a world where we have to drive 20 miles an hour everywhere? No. Would that be hugely inconvenient? Yes. Would that save lives? Yes. Do we accept as a society that the convenience and the value, not just the convenience, but the value added to our lives by being able to drive 60 miles an hour to get to and fro and to accomplish a greater number of things? Do we think that that value added is worth the risk and potential loss of those tens of thousands of lives? Yeah, we do. I do. The difference is I'm willing to say it. Yeah. I'm willing to say, hey, people, take responsibility for your safety. When you get behind the wheel of a car, everyone knows when you go. What, what did everyone's parents say to them when they were teens? Everyone's parents lied and they said, I'm not worried about you. I'm worried about everyone else. No, that's a lie. You're 16, you're 17, you don't know how to drive. I'm worried about you. But even so, everyone said, I'm worried about everyone else. And we know, yeah, there are a lot of other drivers on the road, and that's inherently dangerous. But it adds so much value to our lives to be able to drive from place to place quickly. We get so much more done as mankind's reach has gone further. Our ability to accomplish numbers of tasks have increased and increased and increased. Exponential growth. Huh, okay, so I'm sitting at, the, yeah, that's my time, guys. I'm going to close this thing out. So, yeah. Yeah, so recognize that there has been an assault on boundaries that normal, people keep saying they want to return to normal, you know, no, you, you can't 
COVID and the COVID response. COVID really didn't do much, but the response, the lockdowns, halting the global economy has changed the world forever. COVID didn't do that. Politicians did that through fear, lies, and manipulation. Politicians have killed more people than any scourge, than any plague. (laughs) Socialism has killed more people than COVID. Or the bubonic plague or Ebola or name, name your virus. So if we continue to sit on our hands and think that things are going to get better, then we are living in a fantasy land with rainbows shooting out of butterflies and unicorns and our security blanket in tow. All right, well, guys, that is my time. I'm going to try and start reining these in. Some episodes get away from me. I am going to start doing some more solo episodes. I I think I called that first one the Just Joe Show. Uh, But I'm going to start doing some more of these. So keep letting me know what you think. Uh, Keep engaging, sending me emails. Um, Some of you are are tweeting me. I, I think my Twitter handle is at underscore Joe Mobley. Uh, but the number one way to get in touch with me, guys, is on Locals. If you don't know what Locals is, I say this on my YouTube channel all the time. If you don't know what Locals is, it's the internet done right. It's a new social media platform, uh, and it's for social media consumers, but it's really, really a must-have, must-use platform for creators, content creators of any kind. Um, and you make these communities where you own the content and you build it however you want. You set the rules, locals.com. Their rules are don't break any United States laws. So long as you fit in that, you're good to go. Um, but this, this thing is the internet done right. If you, if you don't have one, go to locals.com, check it out, uh, learn about it and get one. If you want to engage with me on there, my locals community is the Joe Mobley show.locals.com. If you like the show, guys, go ahead and give us a like. Uh, definitely subscribe to the show. Uh, again, we're a weekly show, so we come out on Mondays, so you can look for us uh, every Monday afternoon. Uh, but subscribe, make sure that you don't miss out on anything. Uh, if you really want to help out the show, then go ahead and rate and review. Uh, you know, Give me a five-star rating, guys. Five-star ratings are great. If you give me one through four, then please leave a review. Let me know what I can do to get to five, um, what led you to the one through four. I do read all of those, uh, and I, I look forward to it. I really do, because you're, especially at this stage in the game, in, in the beginning, Um, When my accounts are small, when my um, influence, my audience is small, I really have an opportunity to to speak to all of you. Um, And and I I know obviously I want to grow this thing, but I know the day will come where I won't be able to have the same type of engagement and relationship really with the audience that I do now. Uh, people on my locals community, we we chat regularly. It's awesome. 
Um, there was a Zoom call with the locals community. Um, I, I think it was the Ruben Report community, if I'm not mistaken, just last night. But that was that was awesome. And I, I know that my level of engagement will change over time. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, let's let's just enjoy the moment that we're in. Guys, I hope the show is encouraging to some of you. I hope it's letting you know that you're not crazy and, you know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. I hope you also hear the undertone that there is no Calvary, that you are, uh, did I say Calvary? <laughs> there is a Calvary. There's no cavalry coming to save you. <laughs> Uh, you are that in and of yourself. You are the quick reaction force. You know, if you dial 911 on this societal issue, you would pick up on the other line. If you're not going to do anything, then nothing's going to change. Um, and and our society is truly headed down a dark path. Anyway, I don't want to end on a sour note. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Joe Mobley Show. Remember to subscribe and make sure you don't miss out on future content. You can always show your support by leaving a review or making a financial contribution by going to thejoemobleyshow.com and hitting support the show. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. If that was the first prayer you've ever prayed, I hope it won't be the last. Until next time, this is The Joe Mobley Show.